Hello, good people, and welcome to another episode of What's Rocking Your World, Hits and Giggles style, coming to you once again from Melbourne's Rockdown number six extended remix, extended, extended and extended again. <laughs> and so What's Rocking Your World, this is where we have a little chat about all the things that we've been watching, listening to, consuming in the world of music and pop culture of late. Joining us today, we have Daryl. It's a long way to the shop if you want a sausage roll, Munson. <laughs> we have Pete. Where were you while we were staying home, Lucas? And I'm Jules. Dance me to the end of lockdown, Sutherland. <laughs> so, what's been rocking your world, Daryl? Um, a bunch of different things. Um, there's, there's this one band that I got introduced to, I don't know how I came across it, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, called uh, Manaskin. I've got to remember how to say it. Have you ever heard of Manaskin? They're an Italian rock band, and they're really cool, and they're interesting. They Apparently, they won like an X Factor or something, Italy, whatever. And then, I think last year, they won the Eurovision Song Contest. And, oh. Well, this year, sorry. And... I didn't know that before I listened to it because I probably wouldn't have listened to them if I hadn't known that. But um, like I always hate Eurovision songs. Um, I like watching the stupid show, but uh, the songs that come out are always dumb. But anyway, they <laughs> but they come out this song called Beggin, which is like rockin', rockin', funky, just happening, just upbeat song. It's really good. And the video clips are awesome. And they're kind of a bit queer and a little bit gender bendery sort of thing. And it's it's you know it's very enticing. Uh, with the video clips and some of the th songs they do in English and some they do in Italian and even the Italian ones are really interesting even though I have no idea what they're talking about it's they've just got a vibe about them that's really really good and they're young and they're rock you know young rock pop stars sort of things but I, I watched an interview with them recently and they're very um they're very cool and interesting and you know just yeah you, sh you should check them out I think they I think you'd, you'd like them in in a um, in a similar way to Greta Van Fleet, you know, they've kind of got that going with the mm. full-on 70s rock vibe, but with this new twist to it sort of thing, which is great. And, and as they say, they're, one of their interviews or one of the awards things, they're like, rock will never die or something like that. And it's, they're, they're keeping that alive. It's just really good. So, yeah, Mount of Skin, it's, it's beautiful. Um, I'm begging. Yeah, yeah, I'm begging, begging you. The next thing I got into was, again, I can't remember how, a friend of mine posted something about this amazing concert I love and have seen over the years, but I wanted to remind people of it, which was Oils on the Water. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're on a stage right at the edge of the of the Sydney Harbour and, and you're looking out over the Harbour Bridge and everything. And it is one of the most powerful concerts, I, concert films that I've ever seen. They are, you know, Oil in their prime in the 80s, just so powerful and... Um, uh, Rob Hurst is just incredible to watch. He is so powerful. Um, you know, Speaking of really good rhythm sections. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. And, and um, oh, I can't remember his name is, the, the, the guitarist. Um, one of the guitarists. Remember the name of the guitarist? Mogany. Mogany. And there's the other one, Rootsy, I think his name is. They're, they are just so into it. Bones Hillman's there, and he's singing a lot. And they, You can see them. Like, we went and saw Minato Oil just recently. And, yeah, they're still powerful, but they're not, they don't have the energy of these guys. They were in the 80s. Oh. Man, it's a, just, we'll put a link in there, but it's freaking cool. 
that was one of my first introductions to the Royals. Was that again? Rage showed ah. that whole um, back in I don't know, it was been '88 or something. So Oils on Water would have been a couple of years old. They showed the whole thing, mm. and then they did like a midnight all special one night. So it was all the film clips mm. and all all the stuff that the ABC had ever um, clearly had live stuff that they'd recorded in studio or something like that. Mm. Countdown, maybe whatnot. And yeah, it was like, wow, it's such a powerful concert. What were you going to say, Jules? I was just wondering, like, um, I think Pete just answered the question because I was wondering, like, which part of the 80s it was. So is that sort of, it's sort of around the diesel and dust no, kind of? Before. No, Aaron Passion, uh, 10 to 1. 10 to 1, right. 10 to 1, right. Red Sails, that same sort of time. Oh, man, well, they're just so, so powerful. So, so good. So that, that, that's that been rocking a little bit. And then I kind of, every now and again I do this, I go back and find, like, artists that I know love now that don't record anything anymore and go back and find, see if there's something I missed, you know, and I... Um, I went back into Dave Gilmore's um, back catalogue and found, and I've heard it before, but never really listened to it much, um, About Face, which was his solo album he recorded between <laughs> Final Cut and Momentary Lapse of Reason. So at the moment that um, uh, Roger Waters left, two years later, this got released. So it's, it's this amazing uh, you know, moment in time between the end of the first version of Pink Floyd and the second version of Pink Floyd, where he really takes over a lot more. And it's really, really good. And it's just like, oh, it's another, it's not purely Pink Floyd. I, I think he uses um, uh, Rick Wright on there as keyboards to some extent. But, you know, it's, it's Dave Gilmore starting, I guess, his journey of solohood, which he takes throughout of throughout the later albums of Pink Floyd. But, man, it's it's good. So, yeah, it's like I'm re, um, rediscovering a Pink Floyd album. Just, he's a great songwriter. And as well as a great guitarist. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially around that time, they were just... He was, I think he was, he did melodies differently than, than, than the standard melodies. And, you know, a lot of the, the melodies that he, of songs that he wrote in albums like Animals and um, Metal, I was just listening to Metal the other day, they're just kooky, weird melodies that people just don't generally do. And he, they break the rules, but fit it into the rules. And it's just brilliant stuff. So, yeah, Dave Gilmore's a bit of a ledge. So, um, yeah, I've been smashing that a bit lately. All right. So, Pete, what's been rocking your lockdown? The... Um, new album, it's only been released in the last couple of weeks, new album from Angus and Julia Stone, which is really, really, really good. Oh, great. Um, I, I love this. I came to them quite late, um, as in after they sort of became big, after they'd won, you know, that they, they sweep the Arias that mm. year. Uh, I think that was the year they with Big Jet played and all that, 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 whatever that album was, I can't remember. Um, because I've had also had so many EPs and singles, which mm. so I, I came into them once all that had been done, um, and I love the early stuff. It's very I guess folksy and chill, um, whatnot. And then they had the self-titled Angus and Julia Stone album, which I thought was also really chill, but it was more I guess rockier in the sense that it didn't necessarily sound like them just solo acoustic-y. There was more of a band. The la- the previous album Snow, I wasn't. Didn't, didn't grab my attention as much. It just had too much of a kind of a, I don't know, a, a poppy kind of bro-y kind of vibe to it, which I'm just not into. But this album feels more like that that other, the, the, the self-titled album that was before that. Um, and it's called Life is Strange. Is that the one with the cover of them lying? It looks like they're at Mount Buffalo or something on a rock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah or Blue Mountains or something. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. And yeah, and look, I love their solo stuff. I mean, Julia Stone's solo stuff. Although, again, the recent ones got more of that kind of poppy. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of a hip hoppy, not hip hop, but it's 
just it's just a sound that I don't get into. Whereas her earlier stuff, the first two albums of hers were great. I love them, fantastic. Angus Stone's solo album to me reminds me of it's got very strong like Neil Young kind of influences. Really cool. Um, I don't like his dope lemon stuff. Again, it's just it's just too poppy and boppy and throwy and. Guess they've, got to, guess they've got to experiment with things. And that's, that's oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no judgment. It's not my, it's not yeah. my vibe, I guess. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But this one's really nice. Yeah, no. I really like, it's, to me, they're rock, but they're chill out rock. Mm. I think that's the best way to describe it. So it's it's definitely sort of the mm. stuff that I can add into if I ever do a chill out mm. kind of playlist. Or Good, I'll have a listen to that. I, I went and saw them um, live at the Metro years and years ago. I was probably, oh God seven or eight years ago, I suppose it was, and it was beautiful, man. It was gorgeous. We were right at the top, you know, right at the back in the in the balcony out the back, sort of at a bar, and, you know, it was just drifting into the bar, and you could go out and watch them, and it was, and they were kind of ethereal in some ways. They're beautiful. It's beautiful music. They really do, I think, create beautiful music mm. together more so. I mean, mm. um, yeah. yeah, it's it's stunning. Yeah. It, it's really exquisite. Did you see um, the movie Dirt Music? Which is of uh, Tim Winton. It's a recent oh, yeah, yeah. movie. One of Tim Winton's books, and um, Julia Stone does all the the music. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, and her voice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just again, ethereal. Yeah. I think that's the thing, yeah. you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, they really are such a national treasure. Those yeah, two. Yeah. because I only heard it yesterday was um, I think they're doing a re-release of the album Let It Be in lieu of the film the doco that, that Peter Jackson's putting together oh, God, um, so, yes yeah yes so they've I, I, I don't think this has been released before but the the, um, the new version of Let It Be is going to include the recordings of the gig that they did on the rooftop oh so, I, mean, I think I mean that I think that's been around but not in yeah. CD form, I'm yeah, showing yeah, yeah. in like <laughs> as an audio released um, track. So um, don't let me down. It was beautiful, oh, yeah. and on. it's raw because there's sort of slightly, you know, that you can tell the amps are maybe turned up just a little bit too much, and so there's that sort of overdrive mm. um, uh, distortion that's coming through the speakers or something. And you know, was, was that quite near the end of their being? It was. That, it was like the last thing know, they did, wasn't it? I, yeah. Yeah, and Billy Preston's keyboards, you know, beautiful, beautiful. It's an amazing, I can't wait to see that footage of that or whatever else they've got to show, because the little bits I've seen of the footage, it's just like, wow, it's like we're almost there more than I've ever seen before. Yeah, and I've seen part of that Mm. footage. There was an original Mm. Let It Be film, and, you know, they're in the studio, and George and Paul are arguing, because Paul McCartney's a dick, basically. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I'm a shame that George Harrison's a fan. But, uh... Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, Peter Jackson's because apparently there's like hours, hours, and hours of footage that awesome. he's through. So lucky bugger, he better go through all that. Yeah, yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four. Um, and of course, the passing of Charlie Puth. You know, um, that was kind of. Weird and tragic, and not being a huge Rolling Stones fan, but really moved at the way that I guess all of the musicians that I know and love, mm. and who've recorded the music that I love, 
like outpouring of grief and tribute because he was so influential. And I guess I have been listening to a bit of Rolling Stones in during the week, but particularly paying attention to the rhythm section, which I never did before. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, a bit of a dude. You know? I watched a, um, uh, the Ricciardo tribute that he did uh, to mm. him, and it was really beautiful and really interesting because, um, you know, he plays a bit of the Rolling Stones and, and just, he, he said, I don't know if they're going to take me down, but I'm going to play it anyway. And he plays these bits, and, yeah. he's, and he's like, and listen to that drumming, you're like, oh, it sounds like kind of, you know, pretty standard drumming. But it's jazzy, and if you really listen to it, you can hear the difference. He's not a standard rock drummer. But still, because he's been there for know, 60 years, it's kind of like the, the mainstay of what a, a, a background quiet drummer would do you know and he's not too flashy and it's yeah it was interesting to, to really look at it from that perspective yeah and the rhythm section is what makes band let's face it yeah i really enjoyed seeing both the like the tributes from other musicians um about you know what an influential musician he was and obviously such an amazing drummer but also like just across the board they were all just like it sounds like a cliche but he actually was the loveliest person you could ever meet mm-hmm. like, just such an incredibly beautiful human being and um, like nobody had and you think about being in the Rolling Stones for 60 years you know there's a few egos and and um, you can imagine there's probably been a fair degree of conflict and all of that and yet like all of these other musicians that that knew him have just sung his praises not just as a musician but as like a genuinely great guy so yeah yeah Charlie Watts yeah so what about you Jules what's been rocking well, actually so much, like so much that I don't have, there's not nearly enough time for me to go into detail around a lot of the stuff that I've been um, watching and listening to because that's what lockdown does tend to give us a bit more time to do things. So there's heaps more that I'd, I'd love to, to touch on. The thing that I am going to focus on for today, um, speaking of when you said, Daryl, about how, you know, going into a, a band's um, or a musician's back catalogue and kind of going, you know, what have I missed here or whatever. So there's a, um, I guess, for want of a better word, we'll call it a podcast, but I'll explain the difference in a minute. Spotify called Bandsplain. It's a relatively new thing. It's Spotify have, have um, it's one of their in-house productions. And um, and what it is, is uh, this journalist, uh, Yassi Salik, who um, she's a, yeah, she's a music journalist. And in each episode, she interviews other music journalists with a focus on one particular band and they go right into the full history, the back catalogue, the twists and turns, all of that of a particular band. And it's like if if it's a band you love, like they, I guess the sort of the reason why it's not technically classified as a podcast is because they play the full songs. It's, um, you know, most podcasts it's like it's it's all talk with little snippets of maybe music throughout Um in this case, they, you know, they'll have a chat about oh, when this album came out and then, uh, you know, what was your favourite song from it or whatever, and then they'll play the full song and then they'll have a little talk about, you know, maybe the the arrangement of that song or anything else that's relevant. Um, and, and I guess part of the way that it's set up is that it's a way to really get an understanding of bands that you may not know a lot about. So far, I haven't delved beyond listening to the ones of bands that I already do have a, a a strong affinity for, which just this morning I finished listening to it. It's nearly four hours long and it was the band's plan on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been so much fun. I'm listening to it in installments as we go. And I was a little bit 
skeptical at first because the main um, expert journalist that, that um, she interviews for this episode is like 28 years old. And how can you, like, you know, like sort of there's, but no, you know, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's like that's, there was a sort of a snobbery for me around, you know, their heyday arguably was was sort of you know when when we were all early 90s yeah sex magic or whatever which interestingly enough so i very quickly got over my snobbery of this she actually knows a shit ton about the red hot chili peppers she totally did her homework and and it wasn't even a case of she's just done a lot of research she genuinely loves them even though i think californication was like her first introduction to them and then she (laughs) wow from there, and then there's another guy that they interviewed who's a bit more like our age, and he um, he uh, was talking about Freaky Styley and Mother's Milk and the ones that the, the albums that came before One um, Sugar Sex Magic, which was the fifth album. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's just they they have been around since the mid '80s as a band, and obviously this journey that I've just been on, this four-hour journey in instalments over different runs and different parts of nature. Um, the the whole story. I mean, if you've read Scar Tissue, which is Anthony Kiedis' biography, it's obviously like some of the the story of this journey is there. But then it's also just fascinating to hear it from the point of view of like seeing where the different dynamics changed when with John Frusciante coming in and out of the band. You know, times throughout their more yeah thirty five year history. And the Chili like, Peppers. Whoa. Yes. They still seem like kids. Sorry. They still seem like kids. And that's actually one of the things that they talked about in this um, in this podcast was that it's like even though they're now like what they must be in the fifties, um, and but the the music that they're releasing still appeals to teenagers because there is this kind of like this this youthful um, sort of slightly irreverent energy in all of it, even though you can actually it's punk. It's, it's there is a punk. Totally punk. Totally yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Anthony Kiedis is fifty-eight? Right there, you go. So, and and a little bit of that Peter Pan, you know. But and that's the thing that it's you know it's very easy to connect with that um, sort of laddish. I mean, they're a group of friends who, yeah. particularly Anthony and Flea, um, you know, got together in high school and and um, they've been making music together ever since. It's like, Again, rhythm section, Chad and Flea. Yeah, like. And and the thing is with funk, like you yeah. need to be tight. Yeah. And and I think that's the beauty of like Yellow Slovaks in the first couple of albums, and then and then John Frusciante, like those those guitarists actually were able to weave that magic because of Chad and Flea. Incredible. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And there's like, it really is such an enjoyable journey for, you know, if it's a band that you've known and loved for a long time. And obviously, like, you know, you can hear, yes, there's there's funk, like Flea's bass playing is just kind of always going to be funk influenced, if not, you know, just out and out funk. But then there's also like, they've got this punk kind of influence. They've got this scar, hip hop y kind of, you know, and he does all that sort of rap scatting kind of. Um, it's because he can't sing. 
well, you actually got listens at some point. I know. I'm not a fan of Anthony Kiedis. I'll just say that outright. Right. I think the band with a different singer would would be better. Huh. <laughs> I call. Like his early, I think that that, and that's the thing. I think that rappy kind of thing that he did and that he developed. I think that's better than him trying to sing. Well, I agree with you to a point, and also they made a really good point in this thing because they, at one point, they actually just spoke about his singing voice, and you know, is it you know, people pay out on it and all that kind of thing, and is it is it just that auto tune came along that he sounds a bit better in the later albums and all that. Yeah. But actually, and I think they made a really good point, they've been, ever since they started, they've been a touring band. Like, they've done just thousands and thousands and thousands of live shows. And the thing is, is that if you practice your craft for 35 years in that capacity, you're going to get better. And I that, didn't, better. that didn't exactly prove true with Bob Dylan, though, did it? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, come on, we all love Bob, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, something went wrong about 73 there. <laughs> You don't necessarily have to be a great singer to be a great front person no. for a band. No, no, no. And I would argue that I think Anthony is a great front person. And oh, I yeah. also, I, like, having read Scar Tissue, I I adore his depth and his his sort of, like, that, that Peter Pan energy that if it was coming from somebody who hadn't journeyed, you know, like, major life challenges, mm. um, then you could sort of argue that it's just, you know, he's just a man-child and... and where's the depth and all of that kind of thing um, and a lot of their music is just like super imbued with sexual innuendo and all of this kind of stuff and at the same time it's like dude has ridden the roller coaster of life and he's been clean now for what he is nearly um, and pretty amazing like really amazing stuff and there's there's a lot of layers in, in his story but then also the, the broader story of the band which I've just been Thoroughly enjoying, and so yeah, it literally is like a nearly four-hour-long episode. This wow. thing. Okay, and there is one other thing that's been totally rocking my world lately, and it's this amazing um, radio show hosted on Mixcloud by some dude called Peter Raven, who <laughs> I'm just raving about. Um, I've had a listen to a couple of episodes, and they're fantastic. It's wherever he is on your screen right now. It's that. It's that guy, <laughs> the, the artist, otherwise known as Peter Lucellus, um, does an amazing radio program um on Mixcloud and different different episodes different themes tell us more Patreon. Uh, look just on the weekends you know just to cheer people up um it's totally free um and it just it, on the weekends um I, I sort of cycle it fortnightly so um for example last weekend was a Saturday evening um and this coming weekend, it'll probably be another late night delights, as I call them, a Friday night, late night. It's a bit more chilled vibe. Um, and it's all the music that we know and love and we talk about on this show, basically. New and new and old. It's just good. Um, and that's that's all it is. And the beauty of Mixcloud, and I will say this, I'm, I'm very happy about it because um, the money I pay to, to be, to have the privilege of having the show on Mixcloud, that money actually then does go back to the artists. So the music I'm playing is actually earning money for all of those artists, whether they deserve it or not. That's that's not the point. But yeah, not like the pirate radio station as such. But yeah, amazing, awesome. Well, yeah, get onto it, peoples. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of What's Rockin' Your World, Rock Down Style.
yeah so you're obviously watching this on youtube so please subscribe and comment and add your own hate mail down below hopefully not hate mail um and also feel free to check out the hits and giggles facebook page and join the hits and giggles facebook group and actually interact and engage and, and share your own uh findings and ideas and uh our stories and whatnot yeah, we're keep doing everything we can to keep the love alive during lockdown. So sending out all the best vibes to everybody, wherever you may be. Keep rocking in the free world and we'll see you next time on What's Rockin' Ed or Hits and Giggles.